Welcome to Ava Podcast, Abilities Beyond Life Expectations. My name is Luke Ace Fideli. Step into my world. Welcome back to Able Podcast, and today we've got Jess Vanzel from Melbourne. Jess had melanoma at age 21, and as a result, lost an eye. But that's not stopping her from living her life, her best life. I'm also joined by by a special guest, a co-host, and a mentor, Dave. Hey, folks, how you doing? So, Jess, welcome to the show. Can you take us back from the very start? Thanks for having me, Dave and Luke. So I was diagnosed when, as you said, when I was about 21 years old, I'd actually had this red spot on the white of my eye for as long as I can remember. And we used to ask doctors about it all the time, but they didn't really take it very seriously. They just used to say it was a burst blood vessel. And it really wasn't until that sort of age of about 20, when it started to change, it became a little bit more raised and vascularized Mm. that it was annoying me and I started to feel a bit self-conscious. So obviously I was pushing for it a little bit more and we did a initial surgery and that actually came back as benign. And then I was traveling overseas, living in South Africa where I was about to do my scuba diver instructor course. And I was going to volunteer as a nutritionist in some of the smaller communities out there that I had a second surgery. And that was actually when I was diagnosed. And instead of having this gap year that was meant to be filled with excitement and new experiences, it was still filled with new experiences, but not the ones I wanted. So (laughs) I was sent straight back home to Melbourne. The doctors there just said that Australia is far ahead of pretty much most other countries within the melanoma research. Yeah. And my best options for treatment would be back here. Mm. Um, and I got home and I went back and saw a couple of my doctors. And basically they said all the surgeries and all the maintenance that we'd done while I was there was correct. And it was just going to be a sit, watch and wait kind of situation. So I felt a little bit jibbed. I was a bit un- unimpressed with that whole thing. Yeah, of course. And it wasn't until probably about the eight-month mark when things started to kind of go wrong. And I had these five new really dark black spots on the white of my eye and a lump underneath the eyelid. And the doctors basically said, well, it's progressing now. It's spread beyond just the eye. It's now moving into other tissue and we need to start thinking of a more drastic response. So I was like, okay, I guess that means I'm going to be losing my eye and that's not ideal, but I guess I can get away with wearing, you know, a glass eye. It'll be fine. I'll just get like a purple retina or something like, oh, not retina, iris or something like that. And I'll have fun with it. And then they turned around and said, no, it's not just the eye that we're going to have to take. It's going to be the eyelids as well. And we're going to have to close over the eye socket for good. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, no. I was like, I'm about 22 right now. You know, I know how the world works. I just want to, you know, look normal, be normal, fit in. And this doesn't really work with that normal life that I had planned for myself. And I was like, you need to find some other option. And he basically turned around and said, well, it's that 
or you won't be here in five years. Yeah, that's a sticky situation right there, Jess. Uh, Luke, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, it is a situation like when you're about to lose your eye, when all the tissues are about to go away and all that stuff at the hospital and the doctors are like, oh, you're about to lose your eye, you know. And that's a stressful situation. And I, w- I would too, you know. And it's a sticky situation. Yeah, it was pretty challenging. And I was devastated, as you yeah, can imagine you at the time. I, you know, went home. I was really upset with the situation and I kind of just like sat with it and realized that I did have two choices at that point. You know, I was being given and gifted a second chance at life at this point. And I had two choices as to how I went about that and I could either sit and ruminate in the poor Jess situation of this being the worst thing that's ever happened to me and that you know go down that belief system of you know no one's going to love me no one's going to accept me this is going to be the most challenging thing in my life and I'm just going to have to find a way to hide away from the world or the other side of it was that I could embrace it I could make it part of you know my fashion uh, Mm. accessories and have a little bit of fun with it and make sure that I really embraced the second chance and didn't make it mean that I was less than, but if anything, more than, that I had actually overcome one of the biggest challenges I would face. And I did go back and forth on both of those options. It wasn't as simple as just going, oh, well, that sounds nice, because it's much more difficult to embrace it, to go out into the world and own something that makes you feel different or makes you feel a little bit insecure. So I had to learn how to become more confident, how to embrace being different and knowing that people might look at me, might stare at me, might make comments, and for goodness sake, they do. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) the number of times I've walked down the street and had pirate songs sung at me (laughs) or, you know, like hurt army hearties while I'm walking down and you just get to the point where I just roll my eyes and just go, oh, well, you know, that's a you thing. It's not really anything to do with me and, you know, just kind of learn to deal with it. But, you know, at the start it was a bit challenging. Yeah, and it's always mysterious when you have an eye patch on. (laughs) Especially when you, like, walk around with a bit of confidence too. People don't really know what to do about it. They're like, is this, like, is this a serious thing? I've had people try and grab them off my face before. And I was just like, no, that's about $300 worth of eye patch right there. Let's not. Yes. <laughs> so. How many types of, you know, you're wearing that little colourful eye patch right now? How many types of them do you have? You probably have. A collection of about 50 and some of them are super colorful like this one i've got ones that have like rhinestones on them i've got ones that have flowers like anything you can imagine you can get on an eye patch and it's pretty fantastic (laughs) (laughs) and as we joked before we came onto air we were also Mentioned about the, no, we're both, I mean, we're in Perth, you're in Melbourne at the moment, we've got a bit of mask mandate. I just imagine you go matching mask and Oh, absolutely. You had to, it was a bit more challenging to mix, you know, you've got to match your eye patch to your outfit and then you've got to match your mask to that as well. It was a lot to think about. Oops. (laughs) It's like the mask, like over here, we've got the black and the white and this, and you've got the eye patch and there's like all the colourful and, you know, (laughs) all the decorations, right? (laughs) Exactly. I've got some sparkly face masks as well. Just to make sure that I, you know, have the glitzy down the bottom, glitzy up the top. It's great. What about like a, do you have like a Halloween one for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> I think I do actually. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, what is it? 
Um, well, that one's just the typical black one because at Halloween I can just go oh, as, yeah. you know, I'm already set up for a great costume. I was like thinking of like a, just a normal <laughs> eye, just like running blood down. Ah, <laughs> Grace. <laughs> so, Jess, what are you most proud of? I think learning to overcome those challenges and learning to embrace being different was probably the biggest one for me at the time. I think that was something that I really struggled with and it took me looking at and looking for a lot of different role models and people who were really proud of who they were. Mm. There's people, um, women like Pink, the musician. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think it, you think about how confident she is with her body. She doesn't go with the social norms. She stands out. She is, she owns who she is as a person. That was, you know, she was one of the people that I looked up to at the time. Miley Cyrus was doing, you know, all her incredible wild costumes and outfits and stuff like that. And I just kind of went, you know what, it takes a special type of confidence to do that and I want to learn what that looks like and how to be resilient, how to bounce back, how to overcome these challenges so that they're not the things that are going to hold me back. Is, like, Pink your favourite artist or something? So because you um, mentioned Pink. She's one of them, yeah, and I think I, I love her music but I also love her attitude towards life. There's, she's got an amazing speech that she gave to her daughter Willow about body confidence and self-love and I think that that element of who she is I think is far greater than just her music oh yeah cool <laughs> I don't have really a uh, favorite arts because I have so many because I'm into hip-hop and uh rap ah. like you know everybody knows like my friends next to me like radio I'll just give a quick glimpse like hey he's hey <laughs> nah anyway yeah, the piggy uh, yeah, yeah. I'll show you. Dave. Dave, this is what he's wearing. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. G- give me a hat. <laughs> just quickly. Yeah, this is what he's wearing. Oh, so I want that hat. It's that is like a very a, cool hat. An, that is a cool hat. It's an olden day hat, like yeah. you know the nineties hats, oh. the 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 French hats. <laughs> That's, what he's wearing. That's what he's wearing. Yeah, well, he's pulling so it I'm, off pretty well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks good, isn't it? So I'm into like hip hop, rap, you know, EDM, and I don't really have a favorite artist because I have so many. <laughs> have you been crazy. to any concerts recently? I can't because I've got epilepsy because you know the flashing lights. <gasps> yeah, which su- it sucks because my friends go, and uh, it, it just gets me like right here. Ooh, <laughs> I just can't. It sucks. Unless if there's no, like, you know, flashing lights and stuff, mm. I can go. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if any of the concerts I've been to have had the flashing lights, but I think if you're into EDM, that's kind of the vibe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is good, so, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your adventures. We can see that you're into scuba diving and bungee jumping. Yeah, so I've always been into travel ever since high school. Right from the start, like we went on a world challenge trip. I don't know if you've ever heard of them before, but I was in year nine, I think, at school or year 10. And you go as a school group, you fundraise and Hmm. um, raise the money. It was like $6,000 when I was 16. Yeah. 16-ish. Yeah, mm. oh, what a guess me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I guess that. <laughs> yeah, and we went to Thailand and Cambodia and we had to navigate our way around there and 
we went and volunteered in some of the smaller communities and did some community work. We did a hike over there. That was probably my first introduction to solo traveling because all we had was like a trek guide and one teacher from school, but there were about 10 or 12 of us from school there. And I just fell in love with traveling. I went and had a full gap year straight out of high school and I worked in London for a little bit. I went to America. I traveled through Europe, um, traveled through South Africa because I'm actually South African. Uh, I was born there and I moved here when I was about nine years old. London. <laughs> London was a lot That's of fun. <laughs> mm. how, was, how was it? It was amazing and I worked in this, it was like a bowling alley slash like 1950s diner slash like cocktail (laughs) bar. It was the most incredible job I've ever had. (laughs) How old old were you when you went went to London? I was 18 when I left and 19 when I started, like, yeah, yeah, so turned 19 in when I was living there. Yeah, that explains the cock, when you said cocktail thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I was like, oh, okay, you must be over 18 or something. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and then always traveled since then I was living as I said I was living in South Africa when I was diagnosed actually something I didn't touch on was after my diagnosis I was pretty much all clear for a little while and then about 11 months later I had a seizure at home and yeah, so when you said that you have epilepsy, yeah, I... Yeah, because I know what you... So I know why you know been through, so I know what it feels like and stuff. Yeah, and I don't know if... Can, have, can you remember anything when you go into your seizures or not? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can remember the whole thing, and apparently that's really rare. Yeah, I do as well. Ah, there we go. I've never yeah. met anyone else I that just, can remember it. I go in my seizure, right, and it just feels like pins and needles, and... Like, my arm feels... Because I have uh, epilepsy on my right side. Mm. And I have a seizure. I go on my left side when I go down. And yeah. I just... It feels like just all pins and needles when I have a seizure. Oh, wow. It just... It feels bad, but... Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's crazy. Mm. So, I didn't even know what was happening when it started. Because I'd never had one before. And mine started in, like, my little pinky toe on the right side of my body. And my right side was just kind of like twitching and then it moved up to my foot and then up through my calf. And then all of a sudden after my calf, it was like this full electric shock throughout my body. What? Yeah, it oh, was the weirdest thing. I still remember thinking, that's crazy. you know, I, I, I thought I was having like a stroke or a heart attack because that was the only thing I could think of at mm. the time. It was definitely not something that I thought would happen was the seizures. Yeah. And then they took me in, obviously did, um, because it was my first seizure, we did multiple scans. Yeah. So we did an MRI and a CT scan. And that was actually when I was told that I had stage four melanoma and it spread to the brain. So I had like, I think it was about eight tumors on the brain. And then mm. I had to go and do brain surgery, which left me having to relearn how to walk at the age of 23. And I have to also go on to a treatment that wasn't covered by the PBS, which is the pharmaceutical benefit scheme in Australia, which covers a lot of medications. So we had to find about $120,000 to cover this treatment that may or may not not have saved my life. And we fundraised all of that as well. But to loop in with that, and the reason I sort of went on that little tangent is two years after learning how to walk and taking my first steps as an adult, I went and did the Kokoda track with my fiancé. So we did that, which is about 96 kilometres. It's one of the Mm. hardest hikes in the world. And it was an absolutely incredible experience. 
probably one of the most challenging experiences I've ever had because I had to manage not just the normal challenges that people face on there, but, um, you know, I'm monocular, so I had to learn how to hike with a lack of depth perception. Yeah. I have Addison's disease as a result of my treatment, which means my body doesn't produce any cortisol, which... Uh, it's a stress hormone. So yes. it's, the, it's oh, okay. the hormone that yep. wakes you up and throughout the day. So you start off with like really high levels of cortisol mm. and then you drop off as you go down. And when your body's in a lot of stress, so if you're really sick, if you're doing a lot of exercise and stuff like that, naturally most people's bodies will produce more cortisol. My body doesn't do any of that. So I had to manage my own levels of cortisol and work out how much extra of my medications to take so that I didn't end up with low cortisol, which means I can actually go into a coma. So that was an extra stress as well. And then, you know, just dehydration, hot weather and everything else that goes along with the whole trip. So getting to the end of that was absolutely incredible and probably one of my favorite trips as well. Good on you. I mean, that's, I would love to do the Kakata track. I've personally gone when I've done Pilgrimage over to Gallipoli, but that, I think oh, the co wow. track's right on the bucket list, Emma. And that is pretty, that is a, what have I heard and read about, that is a quite a challenge just for an able bodied person. So, you know, my hat goes off to you, Jess, for, you know, completing it. Thank you. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> and if you want to do it, I highly recommend, obviously, once the borders are open mm. and we're free to travel again, but it was the most beautiful experience yeah. on so many different levels. I will struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I struggled too. <laughs> you can do it, Luke. You can do it. Just hiking. <laughs> <laughs> One leg. <laughs> Two leg. <laughs> Three. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just get someone else to carry your backpack and you'll be fine. Yeah. Get on their backs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm doing it, but I'm not. <laughs> I'll, get on Matt's, I'll get on Matt's back. <laughs> Matt's back. Matt looks like a good Sherpa. Yeah. <laughs> what are you most proud of? I think there's just so many different elements in that. Hiking Kokoda is one of them. Um... After I got back from Kokoda, I I was actually approached by a publisher and decided to write my first book. So I'm also a published author now, um, which was a you know another challenge completely separate mm. to that. You know, I had to sit down for I wrote my book in I think it was five months, which is not it's quite quick the normal times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think and, and my draft manuscript was about 155,000 words, so it wasn't a short one either. And going through that was absolutely beautiful and probably another thing that I would say, you know, different challenge and something that I'm also really proud of. But mostly I, I'm just really proud of the person that I've continued to grow to become the person that I am today. And I know for a fact, like, without all of the challenges that I faced and overcome, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. Wow. We'll make sure that you get a link to the book in, in our episode notes too. So. Thank you. <laughs> what are you proud of, Luke? Well, I'm, I love my music. I'm a producer and so I make music, right? As a producer that I just randomly saw one of my songs on, this is just totally different concept to this. <laughs> and he just saw one of my songs and he just wanted to say to me on, he, D, he DM'd me and he said, oh, I loved your song, right? Blah, blah. He just uh, sent a, his new album cover to me, you know, post it to me. So I'm waiting for it. 
So yeah, I'm proud of that. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, right now. Mm. And uh, I'm just like working with uh, new artists and stuff. That's awesome. So, yeah. I'll have to listen yeah. to some of your music after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the, the background music that we put on this podcast actually is, is my music. and produced by Luke. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little melody thing because yeah. we have a time limit thing. Yeah. There's, you know, no big and stuff. So. Don't say just. I'm sure it's something it's really far good. bigger it's really good. than <laughs> most <laughs> people can do. <laughs> Definitely more musical talent than I've got. <laughs> I always take my hat off to anyone who has musical talent. Um, mm. In year seven, I played the clarinet for three weeks and then was told by the teacher that it was probably best for both me and him if I stopped. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we let you go, Jess. Where else can we find you? Yeah, I am pretty active on Instagram. It's probably my favourite mm. social media platform, and it really is just my name, at Jess Van Ziel. I've said E-I-L because apparently that's not the way that we normally want to spell it. And that's, yeah, where most of my stuff is. My book is available pretty much internationally and online, so that's pretty yeah. great. And, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. No Enjoyed our virtual coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just go over to a second round now. This <laughs> <laughs> has Lovely been a pleasure chatting water. to you. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on on Able <laughs> Podcast. Another Podcasts West production.